Is that their podcast? No. Oh, that's him? That's what? him. Yeah, oh. with Greg Knuckles. Oh. Did, did he have two podcasts? I didn't know that. Yeah. Knuckles was cool, too. I love Knuckles. Yeah, Knuckles is cool, too. He's, um... There's, like, a funny story. An interesting guy. Oh, we're recording? Because I don't know how <laughs> yeah. accurate this story is. Okay, well, we can always cut it out. Uh, someone, I think it was Chad, told us a story about Greg, where, like... I don't know what happened. I don't know if Chad, don't quote me because it's a fucking shit story, like shit representation. But I think Chad said something like he was doing a strongman or powerlifting competition out in fucking West Virginia or some bullshit. Mm -hmm. And all these dudes are strong and everyone's just like construction strong and throwing shit around. And then someone's like nephew or something was like 15 and deadlifting like 650 or like just found a bar and just like lifted it and ended up being 600 pounds. And that was Greg. (laughs) (laughs) That's funny. That's where Emily's from. So we West Virginia? Yeah, not West Virginia. My family's property in Pennsylvania borders West Virginia. It's, you're uh, embarrassed. <laughs> <laughs> My family's from Ohio, and like Ohio gets shit on by the nation, but then West Virginia gets shit on by Ohio. By Ohio. Yes, yeah, everyone right. talks shit. Yeah. I don't know why. I haven't been, but I imagine. It's actually beautiful. The people mm-hmm. are just not. <laughs> exactly. Nope. I feel like when you're from that little square, you've kind of been everywhere. Yeah. Like, we, we go to the Arnold every year, and you say, yeah, I just drove in. I'm like, where are you from? Like, South Carolina, <laughs> for seven hours. I'm like, yeah. cool, man. Like, everything's, like, right there. People just float. <laughs> yeah. Chicago, fucking. That's true. South Bend. Yeah. Like, everyone's a fucking Notre Dame fan for no reason. <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> That's everywhere, What's Pig though? good at? What do you guys have, dude? Hockey? <clears throat> wrestling. Oh, wrestling. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Football. But, but not like basketball? Wisconsin. No. No. Not like God. the OH. Oh, age, dude. I don't know why we're good. We're just good. We're just good at everything. They're good at medical stuff. Does that count? Or just sports? Yeah. I guess. Nerds. Nerds. <laughs> Whatever. <laughs> well, quick, introduce our nerds. Yeah, Jim. quick intro. We uh, uh, actually brought in a couple of uh, um, of our members. This is a probably an ongoing series of, of bringing in members to talk about the things they do. And uh, we have Dominic. Give me your last name. Violi. Violi. And Emily. Snee. Snee. All right. And you Very guys. Very West Virginia name. Thank yeah. you. <laughs> and you guys are physical therapists. Yeah? Yes, we are. Yes, we are. So you went to school for a long time. Yeah. So four year undergrad and then three year doctorate. Uh, there you go. What's the undergrad look like? Uh, did you guys kind of know your paths? Uh, do you know, like, all right, I'm going to go fix broken people and choose something? Because you can. Go get your uh, PT and have like a business undergrad sometimes and stuff, kind of, mm-hmm. yeah? Kind of. Maybe not recommended, but. Yeah, you can get psych, bio, exercise science, kinesiology, but you have to hit all those prereqs to get in. I think we both knew we wanted to do it early mm-hmm. on. Mm-hmm. You guys, because you're meatheads or what? Sports? What led you there? I guess there's an injury story for everybody. Yeah, hit it. I guess it's an easy way to stay close to sports at the same time. Uh, my injury story is pretty simple. High school wrestler, broke my collarbone. Wasn't very good cut high school wrestler, but you know, did my best and skipped out on PT because I was a high school idiot that thought PT is lame. And then shoulder never really got to be the same. Oh shit! Did you, uh, did you just love wrestling, or you just wrestled because everyone in Pittsburgh wrestles, or what? So I'm from Eastern Pennsylvania. Oh. I went to Pittsburgh uh. for school. My family's originally from Pittsburgh. But got you. Oh, I think we talked about yeah, it. Yeah, yeah. You're for like near Hershey. Yeah, that's the only place in Pennsylvania I've been. <laughs> okay. Yeah, middle of nowhere. Did you go to Hershey Park? No, I went to, uh, technically, was it Redding? Redding, Redding. Yeah. I went to Redding. It's where my dad lives. Yeah, I did a, a seminar at uh, D.L. Beasel Gym. Okay. 
Yeah. It was popping up. Warehouse. Warehouse. Yeah. yeah. Talk about popping. Same idea. Like uh, that it's, was it's the gone bi- now. biggest it's gone. Yeah. yeah. Biggest seminar I've ever done. There's maybe I should find the picture. I uh, literally like six hundred people and they're all from fucking West Virginia and fucking <laughs> Mississippi and shit. Just it was wild. Wow. That's yeah. awesome. And Reading was cool. We did a little cafe down there. I don't even know. The hotel I stayed at was a little questionable, but everything else was <laughs> everything else was very nice. It's a cool spot. Yeah, it was cool. It reminded me of uh, Auburn up here. I don't know if you've been, but we have a city called Auburn. Auburn's probably a little bit bigger, but kind of similar vibes. Yeah. Similar vibes. I've only been to Philadelphia. That's my whole Pennsylvania experience right there. It's a beautiful city. I yeah. I hate saying it, but it is. Really? I didn't, see, we didn't explore. I landed there, obviously. And then it was just like the most typical thing. We had a driver, and the guy picks us up, and he's just fucking screaming at me from the front seat about Tom Brady, you know? And I'm just like, fuck, dude. I'm in a movie right now. Tom fucking Brady. I'm like, Tom Brady. And we're just fucking, yeah, I don't know. Yeah, nobody hates Brady like the Northeast. No. Yeah. yeah. Uh, I saw something uh, that said that he was the most hated quarterback. Yeah, I believe that. Oh, yeah. I really? Yeah. I feel like he's already kind of like the Kobe uh, uh, scale where like everybody kind of hated Kobe. Like, dude, you're not as good as Jordan. You're not as good as Jordan. And then he's like 42 with a broken wrist and still scoring 30 points. Everyone's like, all right, dude, we all kind of like Kobe. I feel like Tom's there now. I guess it's different in the Northeast when you watch him just shit on your team year after year. <laughs> yeah. Out, out here, you have an appreciation for it because you don't play him twice a year. Oh, true. You know, true. Everyone in Buffalo, they all hate him. And we are, we're like fake fans out here. I forgot. I think I was talking even, no, maybe not Dan, because Dan will get all sad and butthurt, but somebody. And like, oh, LA. I was talking about LA people. Oh, yeah. And they're just like not real fans. But like, they have two football teams. They have three football teams. No, they have two of everything. Yeah. They have two, two of everything. everything. They really do. They got. I think they have two hockey teams, two basketball teams, and two football teams, and no one's a real fan. Yeah. Oh, LeBron's here? Cool, dude. I'll buy a jersey. They're like, nothing, <laughs> nothing like... Driving through my dad's neighborhood in Cleveland, there's there's a, a Buckeyes and Indians, there's spiders. I don't know what I'm allowed to say anymore. Uh, and uh, uh, Browns fucking flag on every single house, every single house in the neighborhood. Yeah. Kings fans are kind of rowdy here in Sac. You're not finding a flag anywhere. No, yeah. nowhere. Yeah. Uh, the other night, the Dodgers were were getting blown out, and people were just gone. Yeah, they were gone. And somebody pointed out, and I think it's this is fair. That you can get caught there for hours if you wait till the end of the True. game. True. I mean, the the traffic is bad enough as it is, and you can just get stuck there. Difference too is there's only like one generation from L.A. Yeah, like your family might be in Pennsylvania or Reading yeah. for six generations. Yeah, yeah, and so it's like feels like a thing. Or my family floated from Italy, so then they like fucking claimed Cleveland. You know, <laughs> like yeah, you know, like it's different. No, no one's from Los Angeles. No one gives a shit. There was no nation here when my family came. So, whoa. <laughs> <laughs> Like all colonials are, are, are close, so no wonder you don't want to say the Cleveland team. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, 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 you're just kind of dodging, yeah, sure. yeah. dodging yeah. topics here on the yeah. podcast. <laughs> don't cancel me. Don't cancel. <laughs> just, just rooting for a team. <laughs> what about your injury? You fucking kill yourself too? No, no, no injuries actually. Um, I didn't know if I wanted to do PT, so I kind of, I was exercise science, knew I wanted to stay in like the exercise realm, like industry, um, did like some strength and conditioning, shadowed some PTs, some OTs, some docs, some chiropractors trying to figure it out, and eventually just found this one PT that just inspired me for to shoot for PT and know that it was the right path for me. How do you even know fitness or whatever is even in the ballpark? Do you lift weights? Do you play sports? Yeah, so I played softball all through college, like my undergrad. Once that was over, I was like, well, I need to keep exercising just to like keep my mind right. Yeah. Hate running, won't do that. Yeah. So I was Softball's like, a good sport. Or do they make you run? No. 
I run like 90 feet and I'm done. Yeah, that's amazing. <laughs> I chose the wrong sport. Yeah, that's amazing. Yeah, just got to sprint for like two yeah. seconds and then that's it. Then I can rest that's for like 10 minutes. That's what I'm good at. Yeah, me too. Um, I lifted like a little bit in like softball like training and stuff, but I didn't know what I was doing. But I just kept lifting afterwards and was like, oh, I'm not like too bad at this. So just kept with it. Do you guys find, because uh, you're both pretty competitive powerlifters, do you find powerlifting through school stuff, or do you find it before that brought you into PT? I totally after? Through Emily. Oh. And it kind of drives us nuts because we go to the gym, and people will come up to me, and they'll be like, oh, you compete. Like, that's awesome. Cool. You got your girl into lifting, bro. And they'll be like, oh, that's so, that's so cute. <laughs> you you do that with him. him. <laughs> yeah. Every time. Yeah. What a supportive girlfriend, bro. Yeah, you got right. a good one. Right. When I had what? to. Misogynistic dickheads. Yep. <laughs> Yep, when we first met, he would not deadlift. He oh, thought no. I was no. absolutely insane for doing that to my back. Yeah. Yeah. And so you'd go and get acupuncture and foam roll for six <laughs> hours. <laughs> and I've seen you actually in the gym with how much kinesio tape oh, you yeah. walking with. Cups yeah. all down my arm. Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I thought you I thought you were getting I thought she was beating you and then I was like, Oh, he's just into cupping, there's just bruises. It's really good for inflammation. I just heard. a mummy of, of K tape, yes. you know, just can't that's me. Move. Yeah, that's what she said. She's like, man, uh, I like to stick to science, but um, he <laughs> oh, he's God. experimental in his practices. <laughs> Makes me like throw up. Open minded, <laughs> open minded PT. That's his new his new company. <laughs> oh well, see, I think you guys didn't see Michael Phelps does it. Yes. so right. that's it's what science. we do here. Yeah. Literally destroyed our profession. Do you think it, it was a big thing? Right, just mm-hmm. Michael Phelps having a fucking bruise on his back. Mm-hmm. That's so silly. Yeah, there's a really good book called Good to Go by Christy Oshwanden. Yeah. And she just talks about the science of recovery and it really comes down to sleep, nutrition, and stress. If you can manage those big three things that a lot of people don't reflect on, you can do away with the dumbass cryo chambers, a lot of cupping, a lot of things that you don't need. People want that extra 3% boost. That's debatable in studies when they're not even looking at the things that are solidified. What, uh, is there anything going on with cryo? I think we had a guest on. It might have been Galpin. It was Galpin. Someone, you know, there's fucking hot protein, cold protein, <laughs> cold shock therapies, yeah. you know. Uh, is there proteins. is there anything going on with cryo? And and I understand the 3%. Like, if you're not fucking training, you're sleeping three hours a day because you got to wake up at 4 a.m. because my favorite motivator told me I have to go jogging <laughs> at 3 a.m. If you jog when the sun's up, that's you're not tough enough. <laughs> so I have to wake up before the sun's up to do my jog to show I'm tough. It just doesn't count at all. Not none whatsoever, and then uh, and then we got to drink BCAAs. If I have all those going, will cryo help me, or is there zero going on? I can't say there's zero. I wish I was more of an expert on it, but I can't say there's zero for sure. If you look at surface temperature changes for people in cryo, you're going to see some. But if you look at core temperature decreases and temperature inside the tissue, there's not going to be that much of a change. Yeah, like you see this. Their big hook is that it gets so cold in the chamber, you can only stay in there for so long, and then you have to get out. But it's chamber. It's not liquid. You're not going in a pool. Yeah. So that actual transfer of temperature through the tissue and through the skin is not going to be as much as you think. Sure. So it's something that people think is cool. If anything, in the book, Christy Oshwanden pushes really hard on taking moments to reflect and putting the phone down. You can't be sitting on your phone in a cryo chamber. So if you're in there for five, ten minutes, just sitting there, no stimulus from your phone, no stress from thinking about training or training or physical stress, that's going to do more than actually dropping one to maybe two degrees of core temperature. So you might as well go into a float chamber, which now is the, body temperature, correct. and just totally you de-stress loves, on that. Yeah, yeah, loves it for that yeah. exact reason. You can stay in there longer, and the stimuli around you are so small 
that you can actually relax and reflect? I can do about half an hour and then I'm done. I'm really? ready to get out. I, I will stay the whole hour, but I, I'm ready to get out at half an hour. Does your brain go nuts? I, my brain is going nuts and I'm as relaxed as I'm going to get. Yeah. And I can't fall asleep because I'll stick my head into the water and, and drown, you know. Or I haven't done it yet. It kind of freaks me out. We haven't either. Yeah, I've never yeah. done it. Yeah, no. yeah. Our friend works for a company here, Capital Floats. And they always try to get me in there. I'm like, I don't know. Because I've heard some people have some like uh, psycho trips and mm-hmm, stuff too. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I got a dark head, you know? I don't really think it's safe to unleash it. The, the way I would like to experience it, no one is doing. I would like it to be a, a water ride. Literally not in a, a in a thing, but actually moving like a slide. You've like seen a the slide, you've seen the, the water it, roller coasters. Yeah, it can be yeah. like stationary. It, it can just be yeah, yeah. It can just be flat. Oh, like a, uh, a lazy like, river. Like a, yeah. Lazy river. Oh, that's like cool. A totally. What do you lazy want? A pina river, colada. Yeah. A couple fucking <laughs> mariachi bands. A, a straw with yeah. a pina colada would work. That yeah. sounds like recovery to me. Yeah, I'd recover a lot if I if I was doing that. I think it's like so, cupping total bullshit. Everyone cups, especially so lifters, I feel like, like like to lead the way in this shit because mm-hmm, they think mm-hmm. they're so like fitness woke. Yeah. We, we got to come up with our own term, you know, because like woke is like this political thing. But yeah. there's like the fitness woke folks, you know, like, oh, that's funny. Be suitable, Emily. Hmm. <laughs> you know, like, all right, bitch. Like, <laughs> so they see they're the ones I bet you that made all that stuff popular. Like, who's the first one drilling their arm with a fucking vibrator? Who's oh, the, the first one? Guns. Everything. It's you tough. you name it. Like, it's a power lifter or, or a weight lifter. Mm-hmm. Or, and they're spending thousands of dollars sleeping like shit, eating fucking microwavable foods right. and, and protein concoctions. Mm-hmm. Uh, what are the main ones? Yeah, cupping. What were we going to dig into? Oh, the you were talking about <laughs> you were talking about the drill and that there may be some use with the drill. The there may be some use with the drill. How do you use the drill? And how I are don't these, use it, one. Oh, all right. So it sucks. <laughs> it doesn't suck, but you always have to think of like when people are using these tools, what is their purpose? Because most of them they don't they don't even understand why they're using it. Yep. They just see their idol using it and they're like, oh my God, I need that. They do their whole body and then they go to lift. Use code Silent Mike if you guys are buying one, by the way. <laughs> <laughs> do you sell one? No. Oh. <laughs> uh, dude, I hate it. Uh, we don't have to name companies, but I've, even in the last year, I've probably rejected like 60 grand worth of shit. This immunity thing just hit me up like, hey, five grand for a reel. And I'm like, there's some business. There's some raw business for you fucking internet folks. Five grand. And it's just this immunity thing. I'm like, bro, I, I eat broccoli. Like, uh, you know, like I'm not going to tell thousands of people that this powder is going to save them from COVID and a cold. Right. Like, yeah. I would love the five grand, trust me. Yeah. It would not hurt. Uh, but mm-hmm. like, I just can't. And in the guns, the marketing in the guns world is nuts. Everyone's selling a gun now. Maybe we'll sell a gun. It would be kind of a funny thing to sell a gun, actually. A good company drill gun, because I hate them. I kind of like that now. I would like it's kind of like a sarcastic sale. I would like it to <laughs> look like a Luger. <laughs> or, yeah, yeah, or make it stupid cheap. Yeah. Also for like 10, because no way. That thing's worth seven ninety. Like oh, some no. of them are a thousand dollars. Yeah, yeah. But you can get the little thing and put it on a jigsaw, and you have, yeah. basically it's the same story. 100%. You don't have as many as many speeds, but what? tennis ball or lacrosse ball on the yeah. You know, back back to the stimulus and what they're thinking. So people think it's like a myofascial thing. I assume I don't know what people think because I don't talk to people. Uh, <laughs> I don't like them. I don't really like them that much. People in general, but right, they I assume they uh, uh, put it up next to a foam roller. In their brains? I suppose so. Like, I don't use one, but I think people think like, oh, I'll use the stimulus to bring blood to my muscles or to like warm them up before I go work out, which is fine. But you could also just like 
Yeah. Yeah. You could also. What a concept. Like, yeah. Just the like, warm up. What happened to the warm up? You need a gun for that now. Right. You need tools. You can't. You can't just get your heart rate up. Yeah. Because your heart rate's gonna, your heart is what gets blood to your muscles. It's not little tools. I so. fixed every hurt I've ever had in twelve years of powerlifting by going for a walk. Every hurt, That's and I'm lucky. Amazing. Like I've never ripped a pack. I've never, you know, I'm yeah. I, I train smart-ish. I'm pretty mm-hmm. durable. Like I'm just a little fucking, you know, a little pug build. But like, yeah, like my back hurts bad. Like I, I can't take a poop in the morning bad. Like it's hurt. My back has been very hurt. But I know it wasn't broken. Right. Uh, so I go for a walk. And then, you know, a week, maybe two weeks, it feels pretty good. Yeah. <laughs> so a lot of it could be placebo effect. What it definitely probably isn't, I'm just saying, because anything can, be a, can have a placebo effect. But it, it's not at all what they think it is. So if it helps them, it helps them, whatever. But there's no reason to believe that it does anything special. Yeah. I mean, there's this weird pervasive thought in i mean patients and anyone that wants help that if this hurts it must be doing something yeah yeah so so one it hurts so in the moment you're like man i just got to tough it out i know it's going to be better you take that painful stimulus away a they already think they feel better because you just took away something really painful and b they think that they just went through this traumatic experience just like lifting when you lift you're going to have pain it's going to be a little uncomfortable in the moment but on the other side you're like all right i'm glad i did that i'm going to be bigger faster stronger they think the same thing when you take away that painful stimulus, whether it's a really deep cup, whether you're beating on them with a massage gun or a butter knife. Yeah. What are these people the doing? Scraping. It's yeah. like when you when I'm obviously doing it for comedic fucking whatever. But like, that's literally what people are doing. Whoever thought like, oh, your forearm hurts, bro. Let me grab my butter knife real quick. And I'm just going to fucking <laughs> and fix your grip problems. Oh, you missed your deadlift a grip. I got you. Right. Like people talk like that. Mm-hmm. One of the biggest things is people take like ancient Eastern practices like cupping and yeah. gua sha. And they think, well, if it's lasted this long, then it must be doing something. Yeah. But it doesn't usually stand up under peer review. So I understand that you have this baseline and you're thinking, okay, it must be doing something. Like we're eating the same foods that we ate so long ago because they must be doing something. But the fact is we have peer reviewed science now and the walk, the aerobic exercise, yeah. it's way more effective. The dynamic warm up, and people... I don't know if it's an intrinsic thing that they don't want to do that or if they just have this trust in the healthcare system. And they think if this person gives me this, then it's going to get me better. But it's a problem in physical therapy. Mm-hmm. I, I get it when it comes to like diet and like strength. Like, yeah, you take this pill and you're going to like burn more fat or get stronger. I'm like, yeah, like that's way easier than deadlifting twice a week for 10 years. <laughs> right. Yeah. I yeah. understand the human nature in that. But with like the pain one or like what you guys deal with, like, 10 minutes on the treadmill before and after a workout isn't that much more effort than you like bro fucking all these stupid tools you're doing on yourself you get tired like that's effort and it might be the pain thing you're talking about for sure but like i understand want to take the easy road we're all humans we're all lazy but why not yeah an assault bike for 10 minutes i don't know why it doesn't connect with these folks right and i mean most patients in physical therapy are coming once maybe twice a week some of them get hooked into three, but what's really going to make the difference with their pain? Is it a daily walk for 10 to 15 minutes? So you're doing that seven times a week, or is it that 30 minutes of me just crushing you with a Theragun? Yeah. Do you really think 30 minutes out of 24 hour days, seven days a week is going to make that much of a difference? Cause I don't think so. What's the, uh, stimulus. You're, you use a little ART. I think we talked a little bit, Some. not that much, yeah. but you're, you're somewhere on board with it ish. Yeah. Ish. Um, 
what's like the stimulus you guys think you're using or, or, or trying to, you know, put into somebody when you're using ART versus like a myofascial release versus like a, a foam roller or what people are trying to do? Does that make sense? So if I'm being honest, yeah. I will only really use ART if I think that that person thinks they need it. Oh, you're playing mind games. Yeah. You're a witch dog. Yeah. Because if I give them what they don't want, yeah. they're not going to keep coming back to me. Course, if they're yeah. like, oh, I don't know. Yeah, yeah. Taylor Outwood gets ART, so yeah, I need yeah, ART. Yeah. Like, I'm going to be a much better practitioner if I kind of listen to that and give that to 100%. them a little bit if it makes them do what I actually need them to do. Right. That's coaching. Yeah. Right? right. Like if if you know your dude, you got to put him through 10 sets of squats today and this dude hates squatting, you're going to let him do some bicep curls afterwards. Like, yeah, bro, we get three sets of 10 right, as soon as you know squats because he likes to do bicep curls. Like, right. That's just that's just good coaching. Right. So don't be, you can be honest here. No judgments. <laughs> no judgments on your witchcraft. <laughs> My question about the cupping thing is it maybe actually sort of work like a counter irritant does, like like a Lindemann or whatever, where it just causes a burning sensation that lets things release somewhere else because your body is like occupied with this burning sensation? Yeah, that's what my dad did. Like, oh, your ankle hurt? And then he fucking give me one in the shoulder. He's like, no, your ankle don't hurt. And I'm like, yeah. Similar to that. Yeah. yeah. You want to do gate control theory? Yeah, yeah. So what you're talking about is gate control theory so if my dad was a scientist no <laughs> no he wasn't <laughs> <laughs> so if i have like one spot in my back that hurts it's like a square inch or something like that it's basically like where tens came from right so if i can cover a larger area provide a stimulus that the body is not used to and override that pain stimulus that it's used to feeling it's less likely that you'll feel it afterwards yeah. and hopefully yeah. we can get more movement done or something like that but that's basically what any of these tools yeah. are kind of it's, going after. It's an old school mentality. Pain science is so complicated now, but the oldest look at it is gate control, that your pain processing and your regular somatosensation, so when you're just like touching your skin, shares the same pathway. So uh, immediately, let's say you're grabbing a plate and you bump your arm. What's the first thing you're going to do? You're going to rub that spot yeah. because all of a sudden you want to mm-hmm. override that signal. So you're going to override the pain by doing a sensation reflex. And screaming owie. Yeah, of course. <laughs> That's what <Yes>. I do. <laughs> but so a lot of these soft tissue techniques are using gate control. And I mean, that's out of what, 60s, 70s? Yeah, I'm probably older than that. Yeah. So, yeah, that's a little bit of just a game you're playing rather than fixing an issue. I assume, and maybe you guys can put it in better words than me, when you're actually trying to fix an issue, pain, um, performance, whatever, we're really just talking about strength. Yeah, I mean, is that like where your job kind of we, the root of your job? Yeah, we like to tell patients that the the change is made on the turf, the change is made on the floor. What we do on the table is to open up that window, so that we can get out there. If you come in and you're in eight out of ten pain, ten out of ten pain, we're gonna have to spend time on the table. Yeah, we introduce in range of motion, loosening up any soft tissue restrictions that you truly do have if you have them, and it could just be mobility work, but the real change is gonna be made on the floor with the weight on the turf. Aren't there like franchises of, of companies that just basically you go in and somebody stretches you out? Stretch lab. Yeah. <laughs> like that sounds weird. But, I kind of like it. But it, I'm, I'm never stretching I don't myself. hate it. Yeah. I don't hate it. Like actually having somebody stretch out your hamstrings is amazing. Yeah. No, I love that. That was the best thing about being an athlete. Yeah. It's like uh, once you start moving up, my high school didn't have it. But yeah, you just play a little college or someone fucking move your shit around for you. I'm like, that's great. I ain't touching my toes ever again. <laughs> <laughs> So, I mean, that's what it comes down to in PT, though. Like, yeah. If the person comes in and they're expecting something and they leave and they say, man, that cup, 
There's that gun that you used on me. I Dom's got the so best good. cup in the fucking <laughs> game, bro. But they leave yeah. and they go back. Let's say they're a high school football player. They have a great game. They're going to yeah. come back every week. And there's a patient expectation. If he comes in one week and I'm like, all right, no more cup. We're going to hit sumo deadlifts today. Guy's never coming back. Yeah. There's an expectation that he expects us to fill when he comes into PT. Yeah. So how much of your treatment do you tailor to science and how much do you tailor to the patient expectations? Yeah. And the placebo of all these Fitzbos who who took one certificate and then now teach you, you know, yeah. fucking one one glute clam and yeah. then all of a sudden like yeah, actually my glutes are super activated. They weren't activated before. I bet you guys hate that word. Glute amnesia. Should we, should yeah. Just, yeah, I hate it. We treated <laughs> please, a, please tell it. Treated a professional hockey player once. Let drop his fucking name, dude. <laughs> never, never. Drop his fucking name. Such a good guy. <laughs> He, great uh, deke <laughs> great deke on that guy anyway uh got told he was having back pain and like a little bit of hip pain and got told by his trainer for the team professional hockey team that he had glute amnesia and he wasn't getting good glute activation so, <laughs> i have glute dementia i can right. relate yeah i can relate so before every practice and every game he would walk into the training table lay on his stomach and they would throw tens pads on his bare ass and just shock him that feels really good though i'm no joking aside just you've had that him. before you let Love someone it. shock your butt i shocked my own butt. <laughs> i don't need no i don't need no man's i shocked my own ass it feels really good he sort fixed him it feels really good yeah that's all i could say i don't know what it did uh I have a donkey back there, and it feels really good. <laughs> it feels really good. It really does. And same with quads. I used to fry. I was telling Emily, I fried up my quads. Like it's probably eight years ago too. Talk about fucking expectations. I had a, a deadlift meet afterwards, and I just pulled like a hundred pound PR out of nowhere, and I'm tensing the crap out of my legs for like literally an hour. I'll just turn on my Xbox after a squat session, throw those things on in my lazy boy, and just they're fucking going nuts, and it feels so good. It's like an ad belt. Uh, yeah. I, I mean. Yeah. I should do that too. I, yeah. Thanks, coach. <laughs> the wrong direction. Yeah, thanks for the prescription. <laughs> I think that's a great idea. When, uh, when I think about all this stuff, and I, I talk about it a little bit in the past here in the podcast and my YouTube and stuff, but maybe you guys can agree and put it in better terms than I can. But I think a lot of people don't understand like the difference of kind of like being hurt and like being injured. And you guys probably deal with both. You probably have a soccer player that comes in and says like that or a hockey guy like my back hurts. And you're like, okay. And then you try to figure some shit out rather than I rip my ACL. I did, you know, whatever, 10 weeks in a brace. And then now I'm with you and you have to build me back to where I was. Those are very different things or powerlifters. If you guys work, I know you guys are into powerlifters or powerlifting. I don't know if you work with a lot of them, but same thing. Like you pull one deadlift and you're like, oh, my back kind of hurts. Like, yeah, man, you just try to lift something real heavy. Like your back's going to probably not. It's not roses back there. It's not yep. roses and candy corn. But, you know, so like how do you define that? And and is there a need for these people? I don't know how what I'm even trying to ask in some, some way. But like I just think everyone's such a pussy. They don't know that life hurts and we have like tissue and like this is just like a little meat shield we're living in for 100 years. Like, yeah, things are going to hurt. How do they not get over obsessed with? That kind of the pain science conversation, I guess, too. Like, especially if you're powerlifting, but even if you're playing other sports, mm-hmm. like I've tweaked my ankle. I played basketball 15 years year round. Like, I tweaked my ankle, but if I could walk on it the next day, I'm, I'm going to practice. Like, I'm just tying my shoes a little tighter and I'm heading to practice. I'm not going to the hospital or throwing a cup yeah. on it. Yeah. So there's, I'm just dropping books like a library. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, do it. It's good. <laughs> there's a book called The Sports Gene, mm-hmm. which is probably our favorite book. Mm-hmm. And there's a significant 
part of it dedicated towards pain processing. And genetically, our people predisposed to process pain differently. And they look at oh. Big Steeler, Jerome Bettis, the bus, That's the man. a bad the motherfucker. Uh-huh. And stories of him breaking fingers and going right back in the game. Yeah. Days after games, not being able to go downstairs, climbing down on all fours. What about Ronnie Lott? You want to go the fucking football route, you know Ronnie Lott? Well, we're going to stick with Jerome Bettis because he's <laughs> Steelers. Ronnie Lott, I think, fucking chopped off his finger to win a fucking game. Yeah. You want to talk about badass motherfucker? And, and I just want to get off the Pittsburgh talk. I figured that's what they <laughs> Yeah, I was trying to think of a Brown that did something crazy like that. I couldn't come up with one. But a <laughs> oh, Niner, a Niner's really interesting. Niner. Yeah, I mean, Niner's good enough. You got a good example right now. Baker Mayfield has a significant shoulder injury. Yeah, and he's, he's probably go. probably in the hot tub cupping himself. Poor yeah, guy. Probably. But he's pushing <laughs> Sipping BCAAs. <laughs> he's not what we wanted. That's a terrible example. Oh, <laughs> cupping himself. the BCAAs in. Yeah. Yeah, you guys are done, dude. Your guys' credibility's gone. <laughs> <laughs> Your license anyway. is about to get revoked. <laughs> so is there a type of person or type of patient that is likely to be more compliant in your experience? Yeah, that pussy it... gene. There's a pussy gene is what you're saying. Basically, yeah. yeah. Pain processing gene I love that. What, what, what are they? Do you remember I the letters? Remember no. Yeah. That's amazing. No. Can you get tested for it? Can. Uh, yeah. Oh. oh, I hope I don't have it. That's really scary. <laughs> <laughs> I'd rather like not know if I'm a pussy. <laughs> They look at like uh, professional athletes, professional yeah. linemen, and people like that, and they always have this gene where they have a lower or higher threshold for pain. Yeah, and they're able to do more and complain of lower pain. They'll do hot cold studies where they'll put a really like hot metal on them or cold metal on them to the point where it gets uncomfortable, and they'll change the degrees over and over and see when do you perceive it as pain. And these linemen are just maniacs in like a calm state. Mm-hmm. See that I can't do, but if I'm a little fired up. Yeah, I'll I mean, chop my head off. <laughs> yeah, Got to think of adrenaline and cortisol as yeah, well. Yeah, that's wild. But it's a little different. That's exactly the answer I wanted. Because then I'll just call everybody like, yo, bro, you got that puss gene. <laughs> like you, I was talking to my PT specialist and you ain't got it. You ain't got it. Yeah, you're not it. Or just Juan Blair we were talking about. Yeah. Or like maybe his knee hurt like a motherfucker for all we know. Yeah. I mean, you can't knock the access to Toradol and professional athletes, too. <laughs> yeah. 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 That's true. Flying over to Germany, get some stem cells in you. There you go. I'm not saying anything, but I'm saying that the last couple of times that I had like cavities filled, I didn't have Novocaine or anything like no that. No puss gene at this no. table. <laughs> Humble brag. <laughs> Just a little, uh, really, because like I would bite my lip or whatever because everything was numb and they're like you sure you want to because you could go and i'm like if it gets to be too much of a problem you let us know i was like fine just go Mm -hmm. never a problem never an issue yeah so i mean it comes down to the individual and you have patients that have a low threshold for pain and you just have to tailor it to them oh yeah i have patients that come in and they're like well it feels like weird like here but yesterday it was weird, like over Yikes. here. Like you don't have pain. Like you, you're a little uncomfortable because you yeah. don't move that much. But you feel like you need to come see me because that's an odd. Yeah. Like mm. you don't know how to deal with feeling that way. And sometimes I just want to tell people like you are alive. Like you're gonna feel things in your life, and that's okay. Right. But you can't always just like educate people in that way. You have to do it over a long amount yeah. of time and to, baby them a little yeah, bit. Because again, we're dealing with bit, humans. Right. It's so complicated. Right personalities and yeah you say that and they're like well i'm never gonna deadlift right because deadlifting hurt my back right i heard someone at the table did deadlift <laughs> <laughs> but i mean there's i i actually have trouble getting into like sleep and nutrition with patients too because a lot of times they don't want to talk about that they want to of come in not. and say like this is my pain i'm here because you're a musculoskeletal expert fix my pain do the soft tissue show me the stretches and 
I should be good. But the reality is nutrition and sleep play such an important role in that pain threshold. Yeah. You cut people down to four or five hours of sleep, they're going to have a lot of trouble. They're going to perceive things as painful that aren't normally painful. So in Good to Go, the big statement is any idiot can keep training, but it takes an athlete to know when to rest. If you're cutting your sleep short to five, four hours a night because you need to get up and have that good lifting session in the morning, you're an idiot. Yeah. Everything's going to be painful. Something's going to break. You're not going to feel good. Get the sleep, take that day off, and then train harder the next day, and your body will thank you. Not to switch topics completely, but we were talking one time, too, mm-hmm. about um, like posture. Mm-hmm. And I, I think a lot of people dig into posture with powerlifters. Like, oh, yeah, he, he, I saw how Dom walked. He leans to his right two degrees. He should probably use his left hand as his underhand in his deadlift. And he should probably move his pinky out three inches on the bench because we need the symmetry. And if he doesn't have a symmetry, we're probably going to blow out his left shoulder. And then his right hip's going to hurt. And then his sacrum's probably going to turn. And then we're, we're fucked from there. He's never going to pull 600. Uh, but you were talking about how posture, and there's, I don't know if it's a, a meta analysis or, mm-hmm. or what it yeah, might whatever. be, um, that kind of shows it may not even matter. Mm-hmm. No, it doesn't really matter at all. Why are people so obsessed? Because they want to be picture perfect, picture of health. Yeah, or like the Da Vinci. Is it Da Vinci, the perfect, perfect human? Man. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. That's the, like, I don't know how people. Well, it's think that. That's and I, I, I listen to smart people like you, and we were talking off air. Like I get, I, I get to interview Eric Helms and Brett Schoenfeld and all these really smart people. Jordan Shallow is a good friend of mine. Is really smart. I've interviewed them for years, and so I just take my little brain tries to process what they do and I say it real stupid to the world. You know, that's like my job. And like, I'm like, you think you're symmetrical? Like you think there's anything perfect about us? Like I I would be amazed if you could ever find me a person that is completely symmetrical. Besides Kyle. He's beautiful. (laughs) He's quite symmetrical. He was with his hair long. With his hair long. Yeah. Yeah. I liked it too. I cut his hair. I was the first one to cut his hair before that. It was like, because we were just stuck in the house during COVID and I chopped up his hair. I was like, dude, you should just grow this thing out. It's cute. <laughs> but yeah, I, why do people think that? Or like when they're squatting, like that's a big thing too. Like, oh man, you got to have your feet perfect or oh no, my hips are a little off. So I move my right foot back an inch. Like why are people so obsessed? What, what do they say? Majoring in the minors. Yeah. Well, uh, because if you can't, if you're not making progress, yeah, if you suck, you have to say that it's something. So you give yourself something to work on and you have an excuse at the same time. Uh, that's how what I think about it. I mean, that's it's all psychological. So posture doesn't matter with injury, but does some of that? What if someone's always squatting with their foot, right foot one inch back? Rock with it? If they've done it for six years, why? Yeah. yeah squat like you squat is what I usually yeah. tell people. Yeah. Don't. Mm-hmm. Bench I don't know like either. Bench, squat I mean, like you squat, pull like you pull. Yeah. Unless it's, just, it's really bad. Exactly. I was going to say, it's to a point. Yeah, if you're anyway. twisting around, if it's messing up your squat, and then we right. want to fix your squat maybe, right? Right. But uh, people want to fix the foot to fix the foot rather than to fix the foot to fix the squat. Right. If you have a perfect bar path and you can squat 500 pounds and you're pain-free and you turn your foot out a little, I don't care. Yeah. But if you have a trunk lean and you rotate on it, like maybe then we need to fix that. But. Yeah, yeah. And and even that, right? And correct me if I'm wrong, but might, that might even be just a motor pattern thing. That, that might be a practice thing. Yeah. That might not even be like, now my right oblique's tight and my left hip's <laughs> long or right. something, right? It might just be like, no. Because I, I, when I did hurt my back uh, or my back hurt, uh, you start to do stuff when you start to rebuild and you start leaning to one side and then I notice some hip shift because I'm just worried about my right side hurting, although it doesn't hurt and I just don't have confidence in it. But that's just a motor, but that's just me practicing mm-hmm. wrong. Mm-hmm. Yeah. How many people fucking practice wrong all the time? Like everyone. And it depends on the person. That's, I mean, it's always going to be the easy yeah. answer for us. But if you came in and you told us, I've been training for 
20 years. I've been squatting like this my How whole life. How old do you think I am, dude? <laughs> I was going to say, you hit your one arm with 315 last week. And I've been training since I was three. Thanks. <laughs> but if you came in and you said, I've been doing this forever, I'm not going to start introducing external cues and say, well, we're going to have you start squatting like this. I think it'll help you. Uh, if you've been doing it forever, you've yeah. got some mild pain, and I can find why you're having that pain, whether it's structural or just perceived, then... I'm not going to change anything. If you're new to lifting, maybe you played football or wrestled your whole life and now you're getting into it, then we can introduce external cues. We can set up a nice, broad trunk for us to build off of. Yeah. So it depends on the person. Like we worked with Taylor last year and I mean, he had a shift because his hip was hurting him. We didn't try to address that shift. You know, we tried to address the soft tissue restrictions, the pain that he was having, and then let him right back into it. Yeah, I mean, he could easily go down as the best powerlifter of all time if he continues on his path. I mean, what are you going to do? Like, right. that's such a pet peeve of mine in anything. Strength and conditioning coaches, uh, any, anything. But, you, you, I'm like, bro, you get Brett Favre. We'll go Midwest for you. Yeah. Take Brett Favre and you get him in the gym, and I just notice that he steps weird on his right foot when we're doing, like, a, a ladder drill to warm up. Like, I'm going to correct fucking Brett Favre? Right. Fuck you. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, even if I have my CSCS and all this, like, bro. Fuck you. What well, makes you think you're going to make Brett Favre throw three yards further? And the assumption is that if you correct something so that it looks perfect, it's somehow going to actually be better as well, and there's right. no guarantee of that at all. I think most people just do it so then they could say, like, yeah, Brett Favre, that 63 yard, it would have only been 60 yard. He started working with me last right. summer. Yeah. Yeah. Now, fuck you. <laughs> fuck all of you out there. <laughs> I mean, that's in PT and strength and conditioning. No, it's everywhere. Yeah. That's yeah. everywhere. Yeah. Everyone wants to play a role. Yeah, I'm sure in other shit too, you know, chess and where, wherever there's like a coach authority thing, everyone wants to take credit for what's going on. Uh, humans suck, dude. Yeah. That's why I mentioned I don't like nobody. Everybody's just full of shit. Nutrition coaches, yeah. I really, really brought a Atwood on broccoli. <laughs> I added broccoli. And uh, you saw what he did at Worlds. Yeah, right. Yeah. You can't sell something unless you create a problem that you have a solution 100%. for. 100%. Yeah, and it's marketing, right? Like, yeah. I get it. Like, this is my guy. This is my... I understand. I, the other thing, too, is, like, we won. Like, we we beat Pitt. Like, bitch, you weren't on the field. <laughs> bitch, what are you doing? <laughs> what are you doing? We didn't do shit. <laughs> Maybe if you're the head coach. And even then, I coached sports for a long time. I'm not... I would say, like, we as the team, but I'm not, I didn't win shit, man. Right. Like, I'm not bleeding out there. Fucking silly bastards. So what's more rewarding, getting a, uh, for you guys, getting a, a an athlete back up to, to speed or getting a regular person who maybe ha has never moved much at all, and that's part of their problem. That's part of how they ended up being um, injured in the first place, back up to speed. That's a really good question. Oh, that's really hard. Yeah. Oh, my gosh. You can be honest. Yeah. We can cut anything out you want. To. Yeah, that too. That's yeah, a lie. Yeah, talk anyway. shit and then we can edit it later. <laughs> I guess personally, I, I like the high-level athlete. Um, I think it's more selfishly rewarding. You can yeah. say like, oh, I, I got this athlete yeah. back to a world championship. Like, I'm the best PT there is. And usually those people that are high-level athletes, whatever you get them back to, that's like their identity. That's super important to them. Like, they don't know how to be anything else. So that's rewarding too. But I've also had patients that were hit by cars and mm. didn't walk for a couple months. Yeah. And I've gotten them back to just a normal life. Like they don't even exercise. They just can like go to a restaurant. Right. Or work. Or work. Yeah. Right. And like I've had more emotional conversations and more emotional like goodbyes with patients like that. So I don't know. Yeah. That's a really tough question. I mean, a yeah. lot of athletes, it's 
not as fun as it sounds to work with them. Yeah. They've got a lot of people in their corner yeah. and a lot of them think they know better than you because they've made it to the level that they're at and it's fine. But the reward and uh, frustration that comes with it, I think honestly working with regular people and getting them to pick up their kids and introducing them to aerobic capacity yeah. and heart rate variability. And then when they peak an interest and they trust you and I don't know, you develop a friend more so than just a patient then all of a sudden you're seeing their son and yeah. their cousin and all their friends and you develop this community. I feel like that's a little more rewarding to be honest. They give you pomegranate jelly for uh, Christmas. And <laughs> they do. They make jelly. you their own granola. They're, <laughs> yeah. they're invested in you. Both. Uh, um, what do you call them? What do you call like a regular client? I don't want to say like citizen. Like general Nar- population. General pop. Gen gen pop. pop. Nar- Both gen pop and like athletes, I'd imagine. Because everyone thinks, and I've had this experience too, whether it's working with power lifters or, or athletes or whatever. Everyone thinks like, oh, I got a pro athlete or a lot of my friends work at like pro strength and conditioning. Uh, that the, they're just going to listen to you. Like, oh, it's, it's LeBron James. Like, he's just like a little soldier. You know, he's just going to listen to what you say. And then same for Gen Pop. Like, oh, they're injured or, or they got hit by a car. They're going to listen to what you're going to say. Have you found that one population, whether it be amateur athlete, college athlete, pro athlete, or uh, Gen Pop, uh, listens a little bit better, or is a little more open-minded? Or, or do you think it's still just split up solely on personality? Yeah. Um, mm. The amateur athlete, the high school athlete. Listen to the best. They're the best. They come in. They have all these aspirations. They see, all right, I'm injured. I have to take a step back. And you come into their life at that perfect time and you educate them. And nine times out of 10, the stuff they're talking about, they are that you're telling them they've never heard before. Yeah. And so they trust you. I mean, a lot of them have these aspirations to go far. And if you encourage them and you tell them, look, I can help you get there, but you have to listen to me, whether it's post ACL and they think that they're going back at six months or post labor repair and they think they're going back in three or four months and you have to break that news to them, but you develop that trust, they'll do anything you ask. What do you do to develop that trust? Do you think it helps that you guys are like strong and jacked and like youngish? Because sometimes you think PT, like you kind of think like an Eastern medicine thing, you're heading to some 70 year old and they're going to push on your shoulder a little bit. Do you think that helps you guys? I've only really coached uh, varsity basketball and like I was really good at basketball, so like I'm in on drills, like instant trust. Like I'm just gonna I'm gonna smoke you. Like you're gonna listen to me because I'm better mm-hmm. than you. Like, yeah. but that's easy. Um, and even strength conditioning, like my trust has been built over time. I've done this for 15 years, so then it's just kind of there. Uh, in the beginning, it wasn't there though. Like getting people to listen. Do you guys find any of that? Or oh yeah, you guys are young. You guys aren't right. Exactly. High school oh, athletes yeah. absolutely love us. We <laughs> yeah. we know enough about their their society and yeah. their culture. You're doing TikTok re- dances with them in between reps. <laughs> I've never done that. <laughs> That's a lie I have. Oh, see? That's once, it, no, once. that's good. That's trust But it was good, right? They yeah. like it. They enjoy it. I love it. But someone like me, I look like I'm 20 on yeah. a good day. And so whenever I have a patient that's six years old with knee arthritis, they're like, what are you going to do? You're skinny and fit. Like, you can't help me. You don't understand what I'm going through. No. So that population is actually really hard to gain their trust because they want someone that's been doing it for a long time. They don't want the young person. So right now, I feel like it's easy to get the younger population to listen to us. But I feel like as we get older, it's going to it's going to flip. Yeah, yeah. might. Yeah. It's a generational thing. Like you'll notice in the first couple of visits when they ask you how long you've been doing this, you got a big bridge to cross. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And it, a child. it is hard. It's hard to find like because we I think we did it with Eric Helms, too, is like how to find a good coach. We had him on here for that. And like. Cause you can walk the walk, look the look, talk the talk, and then and then I see both sides. Like experience for sure. Like if you're 70 and you've been powerlifting for 50 years, 
But if you've been powerlifting wrong for 50 years <laughs> or following bullshit for 50 mm-hmm. years, uh, and vice versa, like you could just got out of school, maybe you barely passed uh, the, the accreditation and maybe you just didn't care. Or maybe you didn't read or follow the right people. Um, and I'm biased because I'm friends with Eric and I mm-hmm. know Brad Schoenfeld. And so as soon as we start talking, you're like, yeah, you know, I like Brad's stuff and I like Eric's stuff. I'm like, oh, all right. Like at least we're on the same mindset mm-hmm. of things. Like, but if you're not evidence-based or if you're not up on the new books or the new research and you just went to whatever school, you could be young and dumb, inexperienced, or you could be young and on the edge of shit. You know what I mean? So right. it really is hard. Do you guys have any uh, advice for people choosing a PT or choosing a coach? Besides go to you? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, it comes down to a couple of things. Like we are from the East Coast and we came out to the West Coast for the company that we work for now. The company is based out of strength and conditioning gyms. So when patients come in, young or old, they see weights moving. They see squats going. They see deadlifts going. They see patients on the floor going through big mobility drills. It's not on the table. We don't own ultrasound in any of the clinics. We don't even have STEM. Mm-mm. So it's an active, active environment, and it's going to encourage people. Their base of rehab is aerobic capacity. Yeah. So hearing you say, well, I get better by walking, that's fucking beautiful. Yeah. <laughs> we wish every patient would listen to that. Yeah. No one listens to me. That's why we have people like you on the show. <laughs> <laughs> but... If you're going to PT and you're going into an environment that looks active, don't be afraid to question the PT. If the PT wants to go all hands-on, all modalities, first visit, they, there's a chance they don't know what they're doing. Yeah. There's a chance they're buying time. If you're not moving your first visit, if you don't leave there with home exercises or at least a game plan moving forward, then you're just going in to give them money. You know what I mean? That, Like I said before, that half hour of work, that one hour of work a week is not going to make the change. I love what we do. But if you came in once a week and you had chronic back pain and you were squatting six, 700 pounds, I am not going to make the difference in that one hour. No. If I'm telling you to go through these drills every single day before you squat, do this every single night. Every day you need to go on walk. You need to go on the assault bike. That's what's going to make the difference. That you know? uh, brings up a big argument that I want to bring up too because we did a, a – we've done – it's hard because we do a lot of like content. So some's like educational and some's kind of more entertainment and you don't want to just talk sets and reps all day. It gets boring. And so we did one where we're joking about chiropractors where I'm not a tr- big fan of chiropractors but how you just explained that whole little chapter there is a lot of my chiropractic experience. Yeah. Um, oh, okay. Well, the plan is you come in three times a week. I'm like, okay, that's the plan. I'm like, oh, yeah, and I'm going to do this exact same crack – uh, on your hip three times a week. I'm like, okay, and then? And then you're going to keep coming for three times, and then maybe twice, and maybe, maybe twice. We'll see where you get at the inflammation and, you know, your endocrine system and everything reacts, and then we'll, I'm like, okay. You know what I mean? Uh, what What are your guys' thoughts on Kairos? And the main question I had, because I scroll through Instagram and think of questions that piss me off, is people talking about, like, shit moving. Like, uh, oh, man, it's supposed to bench 315 today. My rib's out of place. Yeah. Well, where'd it go? Where did, your, where did your rib go? What does that mean? Why is it a thing that people say? And I've had I've had one that was like debilitating. I don't know what it's called. I'm sure there's an actual physiological and 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 brain deal. But I had one so bad I couldn't lift my arm. It was my first semester of college basketball. And I couldn't play defense, and I just like literally couldn't lift my arm. It felt like a dagger was in between my ribs. So I know it's something. And at that time, I probably did say my ribs out of place because I, I was 18 and what do I know? But I know at this point, if my ribs out of place, I'm probably going to like internally bleed. Like if your ribs <laughs> right. fucking move in. Right. If something is actually dislocated, you will know and you will, not, bad, you will not right? be standing there. You'll be needing to go to the hospital. And that's that injury or yeah. hurt exactly thing. What I was right. gonna say. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. But but what is that? What In particular, if you know if, if, what, what's going on? 
The rib one? Yeah. It's most likely an intercostal strain. Okay. You got muscles between the ribs. The chance of your rib actually moving and being <laughs> able to be mobilized, very slim. Yeah, broken, right? right. Yeah, you can break it. You can yeah. break it, yeah. But is it move? Is it floating around in your floating, cavity? You no. got a pneumothorax yeah. and you're uh, headed to the hospital. Yeah. What, uh, so then how do you fix the my intercostal deal? What's that? It's going to be a muscle strain. You treat it the same as every single muscle strain. You can Honestly, it expands and tightens when you breathe. Yeah. When you do a Valsalva. You go low and moderate intensity into high intensity. So we would have to limit how hard you're going to Valsalva, how much intra-abdominal pressure you're going to start using, and then slowly build it up. It was just because I was fat playing basketball, breathing heavy? Is that what you ripped one? taking an elbow in the wrong spot. Uh, probably. I mean, it happens. It but, was painful. But everyone says it all the time. Or, oh, my, my sacrum moved or my knee moved. I've heard people say their ankle's out of place. Yeah. Yeah. Like you're fucking, I've seen an ankle dislocation and I know how rare that is. And that it looks like that looks like exorcism. Like, you know what I mean? Like if people have seen like an actual dis yeah. in, in high school basketball, it's a little weird flex. I shook this kid, his fucking knee, swear to God, and PE fucking flew. And I turned back and his kneecap is doing the exorcist yeah, yeah, neck yeah, yeah. deal. That's that's real. That can no, that's <laughs> fucking real. And that is like the Mike weird flex. Like I got some shimmy in me. Like I could have played a pit, dude. Trust. <laughs> and uh, so then I'm looking like, oh, that kid's fucked. Like there's nothing to do there. But people say that and no, no there's nothing. Like you, you sprained your ankle. You maybe twisted it. Usually people that we have, we have patients all the time. Like, oh, I went to the doc, my, my shoulder's out of place, or my hip goes out of place, or my back's out of place. Yeah. It's usually because someone's told that to them. Right. So it, I, it starts in the medical community first. We need Or like a PE teacher. Or like, yeah. Shoe right. trainer. Yeah. People that don't actually know physiology. You don't and, know pain. Yeah. <laughs> usually starts from there, and then you tell your kids it's out of place, and then they think like, oh my gosh, my knee hurts, it's out of place. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, and- going back to chiropractors that's usually the culprit not always like yeah. you said it could be anyone else but that out of place insinuates there's something wrong with you and something that i need to get my hands on you're not going to be able to fix this because look i mean you're out of alignment you need me you're not lined up and none of us are in alignment you go <laughs> my chakras baseball. aren't <laughs> my rib might be in place my chakra ain't i think i know a chiropractor for that too <laughs> <laughs> that's like my big argument because like so we we do content on like this uh podcast stream and then also jim's youtube and my youtube and the joking chiropractor one was on mine and i think because i put chiropractor in the title a bunch of chiropractors came and were angry um and i kind of already made the argument in my head and even on this podcast just like you can do anything for a very long time, and if you're doing it wrong, you're not going to get better. And if you're not self-critical or you have a, an expert around you, you're just not going to get better at it. Because their argument was like, chiropractors go to school the same amount of time as, as any other white coat. I'm like, well, yeah, but if you're, I could go to, I could go to witchcraft, wizardry, <laughs> Hogwarts doesn't mean I'm a fucking calculus major. You know what I mean? Like if you're learning some shit, doesn't mean you're automatic. And I'm not saying they they don't learn anything about anatomy. They're like yeah. we, because that was their argument. Like we do more anatomy than the regular. Doctor, I'm like, yeah, that's maybe true. Because, like, you know, I've heard from people in white, like, pediatricians, whatever, they do, like, three weeks of nutrition. Mm -hmm. Doesn't mean they don't know anything. And it doesn't right. mean that I'm a nutritionist because he's not. Right. But that's, like, their argument. Is there, like, a certain chiropractor school or, or anything that's, like, semi-science-based? Or are they all just kind of loonies? I'm not really sure, you know? And, and I can't mm -hmm. knock on every chiropractor because I'm sure there are great ones out there. 
Yeah, I only put stamp my name on my boy Jordan because Jordan, he, he, he chiropractor gets foot in the door, and then he just does a lot of evidence based stuff. That's all that matters. Yeah, and he's a strength and conditioning guy, and he uses that go. to get somewhere. Yeah, there's some horrible PTs out there. Absolutely yeah. true. You're looking at two of them. <laughs> true. <laughs> true. What a. Uh, in like PT school, and obviously you guys only have the school you went to to really go by. Do they teach a lot of like random modalities along the way, or are you learning more general stuff and then you figure out your own practice? Like, are they teaching dry needling and stuff like that, or so stuff like dry needling? No, just because it's not legal nationwide, so yeah. they're not going to put that on the national exam. Um, but the curriculum now is basically based off of the research that we have from 20 years ago yeah. it's not up to date so you don't learn cupping you don't learn which is good then right yes yeah but then it's easy because we don't know anything so when these kids come out of school and they're a deer in headlights yeah and this pt that's been working for five years cups everybody they're like oh my gosh i have to cup everybody yeah you know unless they actually start to self-reflect and do some research on their own it's yeah. easy to get hooked into that because it's it's an easy crutch right it's just divisive yeah yeah, yeah. Because we all go to, if we all have the same injury and we go to different PTs, we'll all come back For with sure. different treatments. Yep. Yeah, I mean, you dumb that down to anything, right? You go to a strength coach or a powerlifting coach, like, yeah, man, I want to turn west side. We're going bands and trains. <laughs> right. And we're doing the box squat. You know, you go to this guy, like, we don't use anything but a straight stick. Ask grass. And if you ain't using kilo plates, get out of my system. <laughs> and that's the tough thing because, I mean, you expect that with a strength coach. You expect that from any coach. But when you go to see a PT, they're a healthcare provider. Yeah, true. You know? So you yeah. expect to get the top-notch quality treatment. Like when you go to a doctor and you have a certain type of infection, you expect the certain type of med when you leave. Oh, Every doctor You're going to bring up that. ivermectin, dude. I knew we were getting on this topic and you want me to eat something about horses or something in CNN. I don't know. It's in the news. I get it, Dom. Fuck. <laughs> I'm just saying. People, people expect that same yeah. high quality. And when it varies so much and they come to you after they've gone to a different PT and they said, well, all we did was foam roll and cup. And now you want me to hex bar deadlift. Yeah. I don't understand. What's the difference? Like, they didn't have me do that. And overall, I mean, it kind of kills our profession. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I think it does. And even you said before in one of my questions, like, well, it kind of depends on the person. When you say that as like an authority, you almost look dumb. Right. Yeah. But in, anytime I hear that, I'm like, oh, that guy knows what's going on. Yeah. <laughs> like, he doesn't have all the answers. Right. right. Like, no. but that's wild. It has to be individualized. But, but, but people don't want to hear that. As no. soon as you say that, I either think you're selling smoke. Right, like you're just marketing me, or 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 I think you don't know enough to give me an answer. That's fair. You know what I mean? Or I think that's what people think, not no, me no, personally. No, no. But that's what people mm -hmm, think, mm -hmm. right? It, it, but if I'm selling you that we only use kilo plates, we only stiff bar, and we deadlift three times a week, everyone, and then you're like, oh, this guy's got a fucking program. He's got yeah. a Bible. He's yeah. got the strength Bible, and I'm going with him. This is how we get to authoritarianism. <laughs> yeah, well, but but I think each I think each because people want stuff prescribed for them. They want, you know, it's like this, it's like this, it's like this. And if you follow this path, you will never fuck up. And that's yeah, really not how any of this works. Right. Or, or, or yeah, I mean, same thing. In, 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 like I asked you guys about looking young or being younger, like the most jacked guys who you're going to for, for advice on bicep curls, where that guy could just have better steroids than I do exactly. and, 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 and better genetics. Yep. Right. People don't want to hear that. And it's the same in PT stuff. Like some dudes just don't get injured. You'll see some shit on a field. You're like, oh, that guy's knee's gone. He gets up and runs away fine. And you see one guy get tapped, and then his fucking knee exploded. Mm -hmm. <laughs> right. You're like, what the hell? I, even last night, I was at the Kings game. And I thought this dude's shoulder exploded. It's just some little skinny dude got kind of caught up. I was like, oh, that didn't look that bad. And then he's running away like his shoulder exploded. I'm like, god damn. But so, so independent. Right. Everyone varies, and that's why there's such a debate in PT. We fall into the more active PTs. 
our say it drop the name who's our hero adam meekins if you're listening <laughs> i love you <laughs> he's a full like loading pt he says the pt paradigm is simple you i mean you can address those factors sleep nutrition and everything you have to address that each patient but you need to load patients yeah. that needs to be your baseline they're coming to us we are physical therapists we need to get people physically active and if someone expects to come in and get modalities and manual therapy the entire time i'm a snake oil salesman I'm not giving them what they actually need and what's going to actually make long-term changes. Yeah, Simple as that. That's literally what PT comes down to. And then we can dive into peer-reviewed studies as to, okay, if this person's got a hamstring strain and they're returning, all right, we're going to go isometric to eccentric protocol. We're going to get slowly into lengthened state. We're going to play with the length-strength curve and hope that the peak curve moves toward more of a lengthened state because they're going to be sprinting and they need to be strong at that end range. That's when we can really bring in the science. But the fact of the matter is our baseline defense is loading. Yeah. It's not a foam roller. No. <laughs> or or an ice bath or a floss band or a... Or last one, cracking. Why is cracking... That was another comment in the thing. I think I brought it up to you when Kyle was filming us. Someone said chiropractors have a, you know, statistically a better history of solving bulging discs with... What is cracking even called? Adjustment? Cavitation. Whoa. Yeah. <laughs> Never heard that before. <laughs> you never saw. They also uh, call it manipulations. Yeah, you whoa, never saw. Whoa! Hunt. <laughs> I don't like any of this anymore. You never saw Hunt for Red October. Uh, I think I did when I was when it was in theaters, and I was way too young to know what was going on. Yeah. So you remember the? the no, I don't. The, remember. I was okay. like eight. <laughs> okay. The deal. The deal was that the the uh, the submarine had yeah. a screw drive, so it's not cavitating. It's not pulling the the oxygen out of the water and causing bubbles that pop. Oh. And that's what we're doing to Literally our joints. Exactly what it is. Yeah, and that's know, what we're do doing. Do you know what a crack is? Yeah, like the release of some kind of fucking shit. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, <laughs> yeah. Little pocket of yeah. air. And, and nitrogen usually. Why would that guy even have the cajones to come to my YouTube and tell me that they solve more bulging discs doing that than surgery? And I don't believe in surgery either. I don't even. I don't even believe in your bulging discs, you pussy, you genetic pussies. <laughs> I was just gonna say, every single yeah. one of us sitting here has a bulging disc. That's what so I literally. Aware. Yeah, and mm-hmm. I'm a dummy, and I know that. Right. Everyone has age-related changes in the spine. We all have quote-unquote bulging discs. Yeah. So the fact that I could heal something that all of us have that isn't pathologic to begin with, it's very easy to do. Oh, I get what you're saying. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. I can bring yeah. you into the clinic and be like. Sorry, Mike, you got a bulging disc. I can solve yeah. your flying flotation issue. Exactly. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Dom no longer flies because of me. Yeah. Right. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I get it now. Right. I like that. This is marketing. I, now you're speaking my language. It's, it's easy. It's low-hanging fruit. Yeah. You have a bulging disc. Guess what? You also have joint degeneration, man. Yeah. Sorry. And like you were talking about with the gun and stuff, like if, you, yeah. if, you, if I feel you crack my back, and whether it feels good, bad, or the other, exactly. it feels like something. Yep. Where like you make me deadlift, it feels negative something. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like deadlift doesn't feel good when you start right. to get strong. Right. You expect that. You walk into that chiropractor's office, I'm going to get cavitations, I'm going to hear a crack, right. and it's going to fix everything. Yep. I'm paying for him to fix me. Yeah. Yeah. And I do understand that part of it, yeah. right? Where I'm paying you and now you're making me deadlift. Fuck you. <laughs> yeah. You know, like right. I get it. Put me on the table, rub me down, you know, put put me in a little fucking massage chair deal. I get all that. But why are people so lazy? <laughs> why? Why? It, it, I wonder if it's different around the world, too. Oh, for sure. I, I love Absolutely. America. I'm a yeah. patriot. Yeah. I love us all. We have great things. But they ain't doing that in fucking no. Russia. They're going <laughs> to spit on your... 
<laughs> to your pour some vodka on it. Yeah, they're gonna they're gonna spit on your dislocated rib. <laughs> we got thirty right. snatches today. You better get your shit right. Yeah, yeah. I mean, we are the desk job generation in this part of the world, and that's why everyone wants the cheap, simple fix. It's my posture. It's my posture. No, it's because you're sitting on your ass for ten hours a day. Yeah, you need to get up and move after. And I know it's hard. It's it's society. You have kids. You have to get them place to place. You have to cook dinner. You have to provide for your family. But the fact of the matter is you need to sleep and you need to move. And as popular as like powerlifting, I forgot the number, but it, I mean, it, it, it grew a lot. 600% yeah. from 2012 to 2017. Mm-hmm. And that's purely based on like USAPL registration numbers, let alone who's squatting more. But even anecdotally, I went to the same commercial gym when I was a kid and then I visited my mom, went to it like 10 years later, more squat racks were in the gym and more people uh, like knee sleeves mm-hmm. on squat. And you're like, all right, like there is change. Mm-hmm. And as much as we all see it, because we're kind of in this thing, like majority of folks still don't know what's going on. Or as much as CrossFit's pop- popular, like in the scheme of things, it's not. People still maybe pay for a gym membership to feel good. Yep. Maybe go to the gym three times a week and walk on the treadmill and do nothing. Not that, um, you know, we're on the same page. We like walking. Yeah. Walking's great. But let's do a little more. Right. Uh, like, that's crazy. And how do you change that culturally? You guys went to school. Fix it. Yeah. You're not sociologists. Like, I'm going to call this dropout. I need someone smart to fix our planet. I mean, there are exercise guidelines from the World Health Organization, and I bet you no one at this table could spit them out. I don't know. Oh, I would put my money no, on Jim no, if no. someone did. No. It made me not eat me. those words. Not me. But that's a big thing going on right now in yeah. the PT sphere is should we know those? Should we teach them to patients? And I think obviously, yes. Yeah. It's probably how, how, more valuable than the food pyramid. That's what right. I was going to say. Like, it, it depends because yeah. the food pyramid, and, and even honestly, the food pyramid uh, is just because uh, everyone then talks shit because we're in a keto carnivore world. And they're like, dude, grains at the bottom. Fuck that. Well, honestly, I don't think that's the issue. I think the issue is that's not detailed enough. They're not talking calories. They're not yeah, talking. Well, they're also, there are constituencies for every level of the, everything within every level of the pyramid. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, there are, there are industries behind. Oh, of stuff. course, of course. But even still, my point is that it's not like like this wave of we were joking about creatine loading, non creatine loading. Like the food mm-hmm. pyramid went through that too. Where like ten years ago, everyone's like, "Dude, you follow the food pyramid, you don't know shit about nutrition." Mm-hmm. Where actually, in my, my opinion, if you look at the food pyramid, it's not that crazy. It's no. not. It's not like I hit it. I'm like, "Damn, you're gonna get fat," because they don't talk about cows. Mm-hmm. I think that it's not the best, right? Yeah. Well, that's why it's a guideline. Sure. Right. Sure. Exactly. <laughs> they but they it can't is, tell everybody exactly what to eat. It is sad they just teach you that in school, though. Yeah. Like, right. at least high school. Yeah. What's what's our WHO fucking... It's WHO, right? Yeah. World Health Organization. Yeah. yeah. Not not the band. But what do they, uh, they tell me to do exercise-wise? Uh, so, it's moderate intensity activity for, I believe... I want to say... Come on, you know it. 240 minutes a week. That's a lot. No. The, the <laughs> high-end... Is one twenty yeah. for moderate? That sounds yeah, for moderate. Right. Okay. For for like for low light. intensity, it's, yeah, like two forty. Like yeah, light. a week. And there's supposed to be two resistance training days yep. a week, mm-hmm. so it should be yep. about an hour. This All of those there. or one of those? No, no, no. So it's either the yeah. two hundred and forty light yeah. throughout the week, or the moderate mixed with two resistance training days. But but the issue then is uh, this pussy gene we have uh, that people don't even know what that is. That's fair. People don't know what moderate is. Yeah, like a moderate workout's hard. Mm-hmm. Right. Mod- no powerlifters yeah. doing a moderate workout. That's fair. Maybe if they're doing like a fucking like CrossFit or balls to the yeah. wall, yeah. To, you know, RPE eight nine set of ten on squats. Then and you're like, you know, mm-hmm. now you're feeling it. Your mm-hmm. heart's kicking a little bit. Mm-hmm. Well, that's when we talk about how healthy is the powerlifter. 
Yeah. Well, yeah. generally, they're trash. Yeah, generally not. Right? Exactly. Because yeah. they demonize. I just did a stupid talk about they like cardio. What's that Spanish? Like that stupid fucking meme that's been around fifteen <laughs> exactly. years. Like no, you're just fat and lazy. Right. You can walk on the treadmill for a long time and it won't touch your one rep max. Yep. You're just out of shape. And it'll let you live longer. Yeah, and who knows this recovery word that you love? It might right. even help a little bit right. if your fitness base fitness lines up. Yeah, drop the foam roller, <laughs> get on the bike, dude. If we could just snap our, if we could just snap our fingers, what are you getting rid of? Foam roller. Ooh. I'm getting rid of the foam roller mostly because I don't like it, and also because it just you're stupid. Get the fuck off it. Get off our turf. We have them here. I hate it. But kind of like you were talking about, like sometimes you got to throw a little underhand pitch to your folks. We'll fucking put a foam roller in Third Street. If it was my call. Can I get rid of tape? Does that count as one? Like, I uh, hate tape. Like kinesio tape? Yeah. Like, what about like tape and ankles? Does that work? For like 15 minutes until the tape loses its elasticity and then it goes back to whatever you have. You know what I'm talking about though? Yeah. yeah like if you have like a tape. brace, if you have like a brace, that's fantastic. But just like taping up your ankle, that's not saving you. Really? What if yeah. you tape like a motherfucker? You still think it'll stretch? Yeah. You sweat. Yeah. yeah. You sweat through the adhesive. I do have sweaty ankles. Mm-hmm. I know. <laughs> <laughs> You're smart, dude. <laughs> Fucking smart. So what? <laughs> but a regular brace, like a little nylon deal with the laces? ASO. That was like so popular in basketball. I never wore one. We were like, talking about that too. Feet. Mm-hmm. I got flat feet, Dom, like crazy. Like my fucking, it's like my ankle goes into my <laughs> side of my foot like this. It looks crazy. But I've never twisted my ankle in my life. Okay. I think it's a superpower. Does your family have flat feet? It's congenital? That's what we were talking about. That's what the conversation, when, uh, there's so many things I want to ask you guys about. The f- People love the foot. Right? Like, oh, your left glutes got dementia. <laughs> Throw a golf ball in your right foot. And you'll fix it. <laughs> I almost did a spit take. Right there. <laughs> That's what they to tell you. Like roll your fucking feet all the time. And I'm sure there's something going on down there. Your foot's a muscle and there's structure down there. But why is everyone obsessed with feet besides uh, perverts on the internet? Right. That part I understand. <laughs> that part That's I completely. Acceptable. That I totally understand. A nice groomed toenail on a beautiful woman. <laughs> I mean, there's a. Or sig- whoever. Yeah, 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 yeah. If you yeah. like men's feet, by all means, you hobbit loving fuckers. Yeah. But I like a nice, beautiful woman foot. <laughs> There's a significant association between ankle sprains and I believe it's contralateral hip strain. Mm-hmm. So there's some studies that come out where they'll just take uh, athletes in preseason, measure their ankle range of motion, their hip strength, knee strength, uh, quad and hamstring, and they'll just track them throughout the year and see who gets injured. And there's a significant association between contralateral hip strength and uh, ankle sprains. So what are we doing? Curtsy squats? I mean, sure. Yeah. <laughs> Anything to help with that change of direction. Yeah. Like if the ankle, realistically, if you're driving off that lateral foot, you're using what? You're using the muscles of the ankle, the peroneals on the outside to maintain that rigid lever, and you're using the hip abductors on the outside of the hip. So people see that, and they see, man, there's an association, and they just completely ignore the hip strength, and they focus on, it's the ankle, it's the ankle, we have to change the ankle, you need this I mean, you got a million runner stores now that'll fit you for the perfect shoes and the $600 pronated special uh insert orthotics yeah yeah, it's that or the opposite like if you want healthy feet run in the woods on daggers barefoot (laughs) have you ever read born to run no but shit like that's three books that i've dropped so far yeah is that a good one or a bad one great one really it's a great one so i should be running barefoot and doing ayahuasca and i feel like that's all the same world (laughs) shooting bows doing ayahuasca and fucking running barefoot down the forest i mean I'm learning a lot about you. I know why you left Pittsburgh, dude. It wasn't for this job. You came to the California dream, dude. Yeah. Run barefoot. Yeah. <laughs> you guys live in Davis. That's 
Yeah. We yeah. love it. <laughs> but if I had you run barefoot outside yeah. right now, what would happen? I'd cry and go home and say, Dom, I don't want to run no more. Yeah, you'd destroy your heels, right? Well, no, I'm just fat. But, but yes, that <laughs> probably would also hurt. Yeah. So, I mean, there is a general correlation, at least according to the book, between arthritis rights of ankle, knee, and hip and people running for prolonged periods in these heavily cushioned sneakers because yeah. you don't have to shock absorb. If I've got these Nike beautiful Pegasus running sneakers that are going to do all the shock absorption for me during that day, I can run and run and run because I don't have to land on my toes. Yeah. I don't have to land on my midfoot. I can heel strike, send this big uh, close chain moment up through my ankle, knee and hip. I don't care about what it's doing to my ankle, knee and hip because I just ran 18 miles in my best time. Over time, it's going to wear me down because I'm not landing gently. I'm not using my calf. I'm not using yeah. my forefoot at all. So it is good. Is that some of that shoe or is that also some of the, the non-sport gene like or, or, or poor teaching? And like I, I think it's overdone running mechanics on like a collegiate athlete. You go to, I go to tons of strength conditioning gyms and you're the same example, right? You're teaching fucking Jerome Bettis how to run on a ladder. Like you don't think that motherfucker knows how to run better and you're going to teach him right now? But if you have a th- third, fourth grade, fifth grade soccer team and, and they don't know any running mechanics, you're getting them going a little bit and not heel striking. You're getting on your toes. You're going hip to chin, all these things. That might play a role too, no? Yeah. Because I, 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 joking aside of my flat, ugly feet, I've never had any ankle issues. I had a strength coach when I was young. I, I, I am just a pretty decent athlete. Um, and I wore big old shock absorber and basketball mm-hmm. shoes, but in basketball you're taught to just be on your toes the whole time. So I've never had any of those issues either, right? Yeah. So half and half? I guess. I mean, she works closely with the young soccer players right now. You, but you work with like good that. soccer players, too. And I think that makes it different. I think you have to be careful with the word good. Uh, because there are so many people that will pay for their kids to play uh, on these clubs. Uh, you know? There is politics. I didn't want to bring yeah. up my childhood, but... I got cut from a team based on politics once when I was shitting in tryouts. I was shitting on these kids in tryouts. Politics cut me, man. For what? What sport? Basketball. I only ever play basketball. Really? Yeah. I know. so shocking to me. Despite despite my great physique for whatever, (laughs) belly flopping contests, (laughs) whatever it looks like I'm good at. Yeah. I went to a tiny high school. We didn't have football. Okay. Mm. Yeah. And I just love basketball. But I literally should have played any other sport. So is a little bit of it like the issue with uh, uh, concussions where if everybody was still wearing leather helmets, so there would be fewer concussions because people wouldn't lead with their yeah, head. Yeah, you can't hit as hard. Yeah, like rugby. Yeah. You're saying with ankles? And yeah, and the yeah. shoes. Yeah. I mean, the take home from the book is we are in over-cushioned society. Yeah. You know, and do you have to develop any intrinsic foot and ankle strength early on? I mean, how early do you put kids in sneakers? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Toddlers taking their first steps, and yeah. I understand it's good. It's going to protect their feet. Obviously, you don't want them walking on broken glass, and right. we're in Sacramento, so needles or anything. <laughs> but um, damn, dude, trust fired. <laughs> Hello, my city. <laughs> but right. yeah, I mean, you have to develop that strength. Yeah. yeah, my my ankles and my knees are are loose. They're loose. They're like all over the place all the time. I'm I'm constantly rolling an ankle. It doesn't hurt for more than a minute or whatever, but I am I can't walk on an even subtly uneven surface without tripping. Yeah. I just I'm all over the place. Yeah. Um my mom, crazy enough, had the same issue. Long distance runner, wore these nice cushioned shoes that had nothing to do with it, just rolled her ankles a lot, loved trail running. And what six months ago? Mm-hmm. Had an ankle replacement. Wow. Pretty rare. Yeah. But I didn't just, know that was a thing. Yeah, destroyed the level of the joint. Damn. Osteophytes in there just tearing up the joint surface. So they went in and 
resurfaced it. Wow. Obviously, there's, there's always going to be some genetic component. Like, there's always going to mm-hmm. be a percentage that's kind of effed up. But do you think if we taught, let's say, age 3 to 13 proper mechanics or, or running, or maybe they didn't use the cushion shoe? Because, I mean, you just can't play basketball in, like, a fucking barefoot. Yeah. You'll fuck your shit up even worse, yeah. right? But so you do the majority of things the right way, and then you switch? Yeah. Is that kind of the best plan, long-term, big scope, if you could control every human's path? Yeah. Early on, develop that good foot and ankle intrinsic strength. Yeah, absolutely. Right, and then and then even as a pro, and and I think strength and conditioning, at least in basketball, is just what, what I pay a lot of attention to. Football, I feel like, still kind of undercover. They're kind of like the old bros, you know, like max out every day kind of football type shit. Where the a lot of the basketball guys, like I told you about it, my buddy Ram, like super evidence based, learned from Schoenfeld, just super smart guy, and how he applies things and how he communicates with athletes. Like he takes the super holistic approach. Mm-hmm. Um, they're doing more stuff like that rather than just like max squat or the opposite. Like they're only doing ladder drills, right? (laughs) Like they're working on a a majority of things with the freakiest athletes, in my opinion, on the planet um, is much different than, yeah, having a high school kid just fuck around all day, you know? Yeah. And I mean, regardless if I train that kid really hard and he wears flat soled shoes and he develops this great body awareness, when he gets to high school football, He's going to put on these jagged spikes and he's going to play on this perfectly manicured turf. Yeah. You know, so playing surface is going to play a role. If he wants to be a long distance runner, he's going to go against people wearing these beautiful shoes that are going to have this much more spring force and he's likely going to lose. Mm. So there's adaptations you're going to have to stay up to speed with, but it's that baseline strength underneath it that's going to be important. Do you think some of it's survival of the fittest too? Where like if you're made to go to the NFL, meaning like you're just a genetic freak and you put in the time and stuff, you're just less likely to have those issues and the rest are going to get weeded out. Yeah, generally those people that have the athletic ability to make it to those high levels also have the healing ability to yeah. heal from injury. Yeah, they or, the, or the hip strength you were talking right, about. Like they right. just kind of have that because they're freaks, whether they work out or not. Right. It's just less likely to happen. And then injuries are going to happen regardless, right? Mm-hmm. There's going to be contact and right. freak shit. Yeah. yeah. It's going to come down to a few different things. If you're an outlier, you're an outlier. You're going to have to have that genetic predisposition, and you're going to have the opportunity to showcase it. There's some pretty cool statistics on when you're born, how likely you are to become a professional hockey player. Because of Zodiac? Yes. <laughs> no. Only Sagittarius Mason. <laughs> Dom just confused me. I thought he was the evidence guy, and then, yeah, now he's talking about Capricorn only going to the MLB. <laughs> if you're born in the beginning of the year, when the like right after the age cutoff oh yeah yeah versus yeah versus born at the end of the year yeah 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 that was it, me yeah i was like a year old and i'm just punking kids yeah you're giant i was i look like this in eighth grade swear to god beard and everything yeah, yeah. The, beard, the beard was just a hair less but i was punking people no that 100 percent makes sense yeah so it's having the opportunity if you're if i'm bigger by the time they select the little league all-star team I'm going to get more looks. I'm going to get selected. Yeah. And I'm going to get more scouts looking at me. I'm going to get to play in these off-season tournaments, and I'm going to be able to showcase it. That kid that's born six months later might be smaller. He might be working twice as hard as I yeah. am. He might be better than I am. But the fact is a scout's going to see me and say, wow, this is a pretty big kid. We can do a lot with that. Let's select him to the team. Let's see what he can do. Yeah, and especially then- now where like junior high kids are getting signed even when i was in high school like junior high kids are getting full rides yeah. the d1 mm-hmm, like mm-hmm. so different where you, you hear guys like dennis rodman like 
didn't play basketball until he went to junior college. He was like right. drafted at like age twenty five from a junior college. You know, like that doesn't that's right. not gonna happen now. How long do you feel like you were watching Zion? Zion? Yeah, 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 yeah. No, he was on like ESPN. Six years. Yeah, he was on fucking ESPN. Yep. I played against the, I played against the guy who had a full ride to UCLA in seventh grade. Cool. He was like six one, six two. He's a sophomore. I'm a senior. He's six eight, just shitting on me. Yeah. You know, you're like, God damn. It's opportunity. That is outliers. Yeah. By Malcolm Gladwell. All right, we yeah. got a fourth. Yeah. yeah. No, it's good. I don't read. <laughs> no, I don't, just, I'm not recommending books, but you should. It's all audible. Oh, uh, I could do that sometimes. My yeah, brain. I, I. That's why I don't do the dunk tank deal or the. Oh, my that, brain yeah, is just won't. float. Yeah, my brain float. I'll start. Yeah, who knows? My brain. I'll become a Superman in that thing. My brain will open the capsule with its thoughts. <laughs> if I sit too long, I'm scared. <laughs> I'm scared too. Think about living with me for 33 years in my own head. <sighs> On that note, yeah, I think we should uh, let's let's say we would like to have you back again, like anytime. Yeah, we'll chat. Uh, it's it's fun to have like this much brain power going on in one room because Mike and I can't can't light up a dim bulb together. I'm stupid, but, yeah, I'm yeah. Stupid. yeah, I mean, if you ever want to do like injury prevention stuff, yeah, case studies, yeah, we'll or... get there next because that's what we talked about a little bit too. Mm-hmm. Car- Kyle just started asking questions while I was doing cardio and bothered Emily's poor bench session. Uh, yeah, um, yeah I, I didn't finish that very well. <laughs> fucking Kyle, dude. Yeah. Uh, but we were talking about stuff like that and the posture thing, and yeah, maybe we'll get into some prehab into rehab and uh, maybe lock it down to some uh, I had a tons of questions today and we bounced everywhere but we can get into like powerlifting yeah, yeah. that's who, who's listening you know these strength mm-hmm. athletes strong mm-hmm. man etc cetera, etc cetera. Yeah. we can mm-hmm. maybe get some tips and tricks for these people to get off the foam roller and their $700 drills yeah take a walk yeah you guys want to plug away uh, how can people find you whether it be on the internet or maybe even if they're in NorCal and need some help yeah we work at Kime Performance Physical Therapy in Davis we love our little Davis town it's nice uh, but they have locations in El Dorado Hills, Sacramento, Roseville, and obviously Davis. Um, Emily runs an Instagram for both of us. I've never really been on Instagram before. but uh, Yeah, if you want to contact Dom, it will not be through social media. It'll be through you. <laughs> It'll be through me. <laughs> exactly. I'm the only one that will respond. But uh, on Instagram, it's PT and plants, all one word, all lowercase. Uh, we're kind of active on there, not really. But. Do you know why it's and plants? You're vegans. Yeah, buddy. Because I think Doesn't I offered matter. you a protein bar or something. Yeah. And you're like, I can't, my fuck. That's, you got to be the only vegans to ever come out of Pennsylvania. Oh, for sure. Yeah. 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 <laughs> oh, yeah. for sure. Yeah. They're just eating fucking fast food and watching Steelers. That's you, all they do out there. Is your family Italian? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, okay. So my grandmother's off the boat and uh, super Italian. When I told her I was going to stop eating meat, bald. Yeah. Bald her eyes out crying. Yeah. That would <laughs> too. Eat? That's embarrassing. That's embarrassing. Oh, my yeah. God. That's embarrassing. You're probably the first Italian fucking. <laughs> Everyone says, yeah, no. We can't do that, dude. That's why you live to Davis now. I had to leave. You got exiled. Got exiled. Yeah, they kicked us out. <laughs> no holidays out there. I would too, probably. That's actually, you guys aren't welcome back on the show <laughs> now that you mention it. Yeah, it was nice knowing you. Whatever. Ladies and gentlemen, new show every Wednesday. Thanks for kicking it. Uh, give us a rating and review. Share on Twitter, all that. We'll repost. Appreciate you on Mike. Uh, Solid Mike, I guess. Everywhere you want to find me with two Ks and 3SB.co. Check out the gym and what's going on. Also, our uh, Topic Thunder episodes on Fridays. Uh, the audio version is once a week. Uh, uh, video version is Mondays and Wednesdays on Mike's channel. 10-minute uh, shows. You may or may not encounter facts there. That's just what it's... Yeah, get over it. Yeah, it's you, just what it's, this uh, is what it's like. We're not free education. 
UC Davis and UC Berkeley fucking phys ed. Sometimes I just want to make you guys laugh. Just come along for the ride. Yeah. Hey, content is content. Uh, I am at the Jim McDan. All the social media is a show is 50% facts where percent is word. 50 is just numbers. And we'll talk to you next time.